0: Moses and the CIA. I'm Moses, Ken Mosesian. And like my ancestor, I'm all about training individuals, teams, and companies how to lead. Now, I've joined forces with the CIA.
1: I'm Dan Crum, known as the CIA. And I can help you win your best deal every time through my sales training, the CIA method. Join us as we talk about topics of life and business from two unique perspectives. Hello, Ken. How are you this evening? Never better, Dan. How you doing, my friend? I am excellent. So tonight, we are talking about remote work. And we're not talking about like the remote control. We're talking about working remotely, like away from the office. What do you think about that?
0: Well, let me tell you. <laughs> I think... I think that this year has provided us with one of the most um, real-time examples of what remote work can be like. And I think we've seen the good and the bad and the ugly in all of it. And for me, the good has obviously been the the fact that there's incredible flexibility. Uh, fortunate enough in my coaching work and my my business consulting work um, to be able to make my own hours for the most part. And if there's something occurring during the day that I want to do, I have the flexibility to make up that time in the evening. Uh, If it's my spouse's um, birthday or if there's a special celebration coming up, I can take that time out and make up the time later. I have that flexibility. That to me is the good. The bad is that even though I'm fortunate enough to have a separate office in my home, Uh, and I can close the door to the office at the end of the day and walk away, it's really challenging to do that. I find that um, compared to years ago when I, I used to work in an office, I spend more hours working at home remotely than I ever did when I drove to work and came home. That's the bad side. I think the ugly side is for, for people who don't have a dedicated space, uh, but uh, who just because of the pandemic that we're in the, the midst of, find themselves working from home, um, it can be a really challenging thing, particularly if you have another partner or spouse working from home, and if you've got kids who are at school at the same time that you're trying to work. So lots of different things going on. For me on balance, it's a great thing and I really appreciate it.
1: So remote work for me is something that I've had conversations with people for years about. And I've always questioned, were we all staying in offices? And I'm saying we, as in the collective group of people who their job required them to come into an office every day. And I was wondering, why do we still do that? Um, And when will that end? And I I really was into people who predicted the future. They call them futurists, right? They'd say in five years, we'll have flying cars. And they'll come up with all these things. And there's a couple of them. Ray Kurzweil comes to mind and paraphrasing his accuracy level, but his accuracy level was like 90%. So if he said this will happen in 10 years or this will happen in 15 or 20, and they would look, he had done these predictions for 40 years. And over that 40 years, he was like, accuracy was like 90%. Spot on. At any rate, there was something in there about when offices would be a thing of the past and people would just work out of their homes and things like that. So I always was excited and looked to the future and thought, that's going to be our future. And um, even talked about a little off topic, but related, they're talking about what will we do with all this office space? And they talked about really cool things like putting farms inside of buildings, right? Where you could have these, like you could use every floor of the building for farming. Um, so there's all sorts of cool things that came with a future where people were able to work remotely. And so, part of the question that I always would at, was asking was, are we still going to offices every day because uh, we're holding on to once what to what it once was? And this this connects to me almost like uh, people who wear suits to the office every day, right? I did consulting for a company once and one of the the big initiatives that I did, and it seems petty, but I convinced the CEO to allow people to dress down in the office if they were not customer client facing. And that was really hard for him to accept uh, because for whatever reason, he got instilled in his mind that, no, you dress for success. Your performance is based on how you dress. So he had everybody literally dress up every day. People who never, ever a client literally sitting there doing numbers. You can be an accountant doing numbers all day and you had to dress up every day. And these people were so thankful like this is the greatest thing ever. I just feel so much more relaxed. I feel so much more productive because I can do that. And I know it sounds like a tangent I'm talking about dress code but it, it aligns with what I'm thinking which is have we held on for so long? And was it something like a pandemic that forced us to like reconsider or rethink it to get to move to remote work? And I'll say, and I'm going to connect this remote work to me is also remote meetings, right? It used to be that people would fly into cities just to sit in a conference room in an office for a meeting. And I always go, wait, why? Like, why don't we just go jump on a Zoom? Zoom wasn't so popular before the pandemic. Why don't we do a Zoom call together? I thought the same thing about most meetings, even the day to day, right? Or like, why can't I just do a Zoom thing? Or why don't we just jump on a phone call together? But I think people, remote work was something that was almost like taboo. And it was like, no, the unprofessional companies do that. The people who don't take it as seriously as us do that. And it's like they were holding on to the way it was. And only when they were forced to do this, to continue to operate as a company, are we all now going, maybe we should have considered this sooner because this is actually working. And I'm interested to see where it goes from
0: here. So, man, there's a ton in there. Um, I'll get back to the dress code in a second because uh, I've got some thoughts about that. But, you know, are we hanging on to it? Were we hanging on to it? I think that the interesting thing about this and any of these topics is that um, what this year has done is forced us to evaluate things, right? There's there's this... Um, there's this, this phrase about a virtue untested is no virtue at all. And a life unexamined is not worth living. And I, I think this tracks along those lines. Why are we going to the office? Because we always do. You know, why do we have dinner at five o'clock? Because we always do. You know, why do we wear a suit to work? Because you dress for success. We always have, and we always will. That's why we do it. It's just the way it is. So I, to an extent yeah i agree we did this because it's the way we had always done it and i think that's one of the things that kills productivity and enthusiasm and creativity in companies is when the response is "Eh, that's the way we've always done it here that's just how we do it but why why do you do it that way i don't know joe did it this way before us and sally did it this way before him and it's been this way since the company was founded So the good thing is that we've had a chance to examine it and ask some questions as to why. Why do we go into an office? And I think, and I I get your point about like flying in to sit in a conference room and have a meeting. And I get the waste in that and the pollution involved in that and the, the carbon footprint. I mean, it's it's extraordinary if you actually add that stuff up. And at the same time, I think about. meetings that I've had in conference rooms and what happens when you're able to be in a room with someone. And as great as this is, we're across the country from each other. And yet you and I can talk and it it feels almost like I'm there. Um, It's not the same having spent time with you in person. It's not the same experience as being with you in person. It's not the same experience as the subtlety of what happens when, during the course of a meeting, um, someone makes a joke or you know, some little goof happens, somebody spills a glass of water and you have a chance to like you know, recover from that and, uh, and bond with each, other, uh, with, with each other for something like that. Or what happens at the end of the meeting when somebody says, let's go get a drink or let's all go get dinner together. You know, that to me is part of being at the office too. It's what happens after hours. It's what happens after the meeting's over. It's what happens when you say, after a great meeting, hey, Dan, let me introduce you to Jimmy. He is so great at what we were discussing during our meeting, and I I want you two to connect. I don't necessarily have the opportunity to do that. Now, certainly, I could say, yeah, let, let me send an email to Jimmy and connect you two, and you guys can talk. That's well and good. It's not the same as that in-person introduction, the ability to shake somebody else's hand, to look into their eyes, and to assess that person in real time in the moment. So that was long. But the bottom line for me is, yes, to your point, we do a lot of things in business just because it's the way we've always done it. We go to the office and, and all those other examples. It's just the way we've done it. And it is great that we're assessing now the efficacy of working from home, of taking teleconference meetings instead of in-person meetings. But I also think we can look at in-person work and ask, well, what have we lost not being there? What would we gain by going back to it or maybe going back to some hybrid form of it? one of the things that I hate the
1: most is if I do it for you, I have to do it for everybody. Right. And one of the things throughout my life in ever having to go to an office, I don't think, I think it's been 10 years since I have had to go to an office, but when I've had to ever go into an office, I'd always want to push back. Like if you asked me to choose and you said, okay, you get, I'm going to get easy numbers. You get a hundred thousand dollars and you have to drive an hour a day, commute an hour a day, each way to work and back. Or you get eighty thousand dollars and it's five minutes from your home. I take, I'll take the eighty to avoid like the commuting, right? So to me, it aligns really well with a personality type that goes, I just don't want to be sitting on the road to go into an office when I know that I don't. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to be more effective necessarily, and I'm just doing it because. Somebody is old school usually, and they've decided that's the way everyone does it. And I can't allow you to stand because if I did it for you, if I allowed you to work remotely, then I'd have to allow anybody who wants to work remotely to work remotely. And so I love it. I love, love, love that we've been you know, metaphorically slapped in the face. Like nobody was ready for it. Nobody knew what to do, but we're like, do you want to keep operating our business? Well, then everybody's got to be remote, Right. And so now, and we've also extended it, right? Because even when vaccines and we have hopefully herd immunity and all the stuff that we're rooting for coming in the next whatever number of months, um, I still think we've now opened it up. We've now opened this door where really we're going to do it for anybody. I, I think every company, if you say, I just don't feel comfortable going into the office, for whatever might be to come next, or just the general germs that are in an office that now companies, I don't know if forced is the right word, but it's like, if they're doing the right thing, they had to go, it's available to you. It's an available option for you to continue to do remote work and stay home. So I love, I love the fact that what was once like, I can't do it because I'd open up this can of worms. I do it for you, I have to do it for everybody. Now it's like, nope, it's available for everybody. And it's almost like flipped where it's almost like if you come into the office, like you're the rare person. And I think companies are actually questioning. They're saying, if I allow you to come back to the office, then then I probably have to allow everybody, of course, right? And then they're going, do we want to keep renting this much office space, right? Or wherever their setup is? Like maybe we can scale back. Maybe if we get enough people To continue to work remotely, maybe instead of renting two floors, we only rent one floor. And there's so so all these considerations come into play with remote work, all because just caught us off guard. And now we're sitting here facing something where we're going, well, do we really want people coming back to the office? I think it's an interesting dynamic shift.
0: So I agree with you on the, the equality of it, right? This is this is like the great equalizer because now I can't just say, uh, the sales team can work from home, but the admin team has to come in and the finance team has to come in. It's gotta be everybody. So I, I think that is a, a powerful thing that's happened. And I think that actually can be a positive thing for culture in that equalizing of everyone. No one ranks higher than someone else, regardless of title in terms of the privileges that they're getting for remote work. I think on the flip side, um, There's some long-term things. We're, we're, you know, nine months plus into this now. Um, this this will last at least um, until the summer, and so you know, best case scenario, um, we're going to have uh, almost a year and a half of this, like in real time experiment of what's happening. And with my own clients, I'm already starting to see some challenges emerging. Um, And they tend to fall into two categories. One is culture. So there was a culture of people coming together. There was a culture of new hires coming into the main office and being there, of meeting everyone, of establishing relationships, of doing some of those things that I mentioned, like going out for a drink or for dinner afterwards, bonding over that. And it just accelerated that kind of family culture that they have. That's one challenge. The the other challenge that I see starting to emerge is how you deal with this lack of personal contact. Like, this is a particular company, and I know it's different for everyone. This was a company of people that were, that generally genuinely enjoy each other's company and being with each other and seeing each other and giving each other a hug you know at the beginning and end of a day and that was like integral to who they are as a company and now there's this separateness so how can you remotely um, develop culture or maintain the kind of culture that you had i define that by like this is the way that, that work gets done here. And, it, and it, it incorporates so many different pieces. But part of that might be, you know, when we come in in the morning, we, we go around to the offices and say hello to people. When we leave at the end of the day, people say good night to each other. It could be things as simple as that. So in what ways can you do that remotely to maintain that kind of connectedness that people once had? There are, and we, I think we've talked about this before. There are just multiple peer-reviewed studies on the benefit of being related, of relatedness, and its direct impact on productivity, creativity, and profitability. And also its, its positive impact on reducing employee churn. So how do we make sure that that relatedness stays intact, that we don't lose that? so that all of those other benefits derive from it. And particularly if you're concerned about the bottom line, profitability, how do we make sure that those things are maintained and enhanced when we don't have the ability to physically be related to each other anymore?
1: So I think one of the cool things is that now in-person work, in-person meetings, in-person whatever, can become the luxury item versus the standard. Uh, I, I think back to uh, the legal system in Europe, in England, the UK, whatever, right? Where they still wear the wigs, right? Or I, I guess they do that in Australia, I don't know. But you know, like they still wear the wigs, like they, that old school, whatever you call it, like way back colonial style, like proper, proper way. And then we in America, we're like, well, we'll keep the robes but not the wigs and we keep kind of scaling it back, right? Like we adjust the standard moving forward. I think that's what we've done with in-person things. Cause if you look at it, like now who would have ever in a million years, if you said, we're gonna do court we're gonna do court over zoom, they'd be like, that is not allowed. We don't do court over zoom. We can't possibly do court. Well, you're doing court over zoom, school over zoom, right? You could just keep going down the list. Sales. People would say, you "You can't do a sale over a Zoom call. Yep. I work with an energy company and they used to do face to face meetings in the home. And now they're just as successful, if not more successful, doing Zoom meetings like this. Uh, Remodeling companies. You'd think you're remodeling a home. Don't you have to be in the home? Well, yes. But we make that like, maybe a final step of the process, maybe an early step is somebody walks around on FaceTime on their phone and can give you a tour of the home and talk about what they're doing and you can have this face-to-face interaction. And then when you decide whatever next steps are, then you could have that formalized by an in-person meeting. So I think we're raising the standard and I think in a really good way of what face-to-face meetings, interaction and work will be. I think it, it should be like, Okay, we're ready to sign the contract now. Let's get together. Let's fly to the same location. Let's sit in the conference room. Let's look each other face to face and hopefully once this is all over, shake hands again and feel good like that's the importance of that face to face meeting. But all the stuff leading up to it, let's do this. Let's do remote work, right? Let's enable us to have the comfort of being in our own homes if we have that nice luxury, right? Or or and working at our own times and coordinating things this way and save that carbon footprint that we put on it because we feel like we need to fly every time for every meeting, right? Or we need to drive every time for every meeting to go into the office. Let's do this and then let's make in-person work to be the luxury item of the scenario.
0: Yeah, it's, it sounds like you're you're advocating for a hybrid approach and um, something that I did at the end of, or I guess it was summer of 2019, I joined WeWork. And I didn't know how I would like it, but I just knew that after working out of a home office for so long, I was feeling isolated and I wanted to be around other human beings. I thought, this could be kind of cool. So I just joined where you, you know, you have a, a space at a shared desk, big like refractory table kind of thing. And there was something kind of great about going in and being around other people who were doing creative stuff. And whether it was financially creative stuff or artistically creative stuff, it didn't matter. These were people that were just enthusiastic um, about work and about working. There were a lot of people. This was an interesting thing for me. um, There were companies that had actually taken entire floors so that they could have people come in Work whenever they needed in a private office, have a conference room available, and then leave. You know, these were companies that were generally speaking um, national in scope. And instead of buying an office space or putting out for an expensive you know, multi year lease, they would lease um, a floor or a section of a floor and be able to have people fly in from all around the country utilize those offices when they needed them, and then fly back out. And you know, likewise, I had a few meetings that I had to take. All I did was reserve a private conference room for the time of those meetings. I'd have the person meet me there. It's a beautiful reception area. You know, of course, different time, but uh, all sorts of snacks and, and coffees and teas and, and, and things like that. And you have an opportunity to have this meeting in a very clean, beautifully maintained space that you don't have to worry about uh, for a fraction of the cost and then leave. And so I, I, I think, Dan, as, as we've been talking about this, I see that as that type of thing, like you were talking about, that's, that's sort of that luxury moment at the end of it. That's that, that capper, if you will, where you, you get to the, the agreement, the signing of the agreement and you meet together to ink the deal or you've inked the deal on a teleconference and you get together for the first kickoff meeting. And that becomes like a special time and a special moment. I see things, I see that kind of a hybrid happening where people have flexibility. uh, People know that if they need to put in some extra time during quote, non-traditional work hours, they can do that. But there's also an opportunity to meet and gather somewhere And maybe that is a scaled down office space that people have instead of having a couple floors, they've got one, or instead of having one floor, they've got a few offices. Maybe it's something like WeWork where uh, you can get together in a variety of cities across the country and around the globe and meet with people. But I, I think it is, I think it actually has been in some ways An extraordinarily good time. It's been tragic in many ways. I don't want to in any way downplay the suffering and the death that's gone on, but what a wake-up call to not have a choice to have to evaluate why we've always done things the way that we've done them and to be able then to come to our own way to do them as we hopefully emerge from this this coming year.
1: Absolutely. I see this as almost all positive. Of course, the negative effects of COVID are, are very bad, but the, this remote work topic that we're talking about, I, I'm, I couldn't be a bigger fan of it, as you can see from all of the comments that I've made. And if I think about it from productivity and a, as a coach, like an, a life coach of people, um, it, it couldn't be better, right? Everybody getting more sleep, right? Like if you have to be at the office at eight and you have to have to commute an hour, that means you have to get up at six to leave by seven to get there at eight. Well, now you could wake up at seven, do all those things that you would normally do in your morning routine, let's say before, and then mosey over to your desk. If you haven't have to be on a conference at that time, and then you could still start work at eight. You just like add these extra hours to your life, a more balanced life that you have. And from the sales side perspective, um, I think it's amazing because it used to be that you um, salespeople would have to learn their scripts and learn their presentations and do all this stuff. Well, now they still do, but they get kind of a a cheat sheet, right? Because if I'm sitting here with you, I can be looking at the mic. I'm assuming looking at the camera and I can have my script on the screen or have little bullets and reminders where in the real world, if we were face to face in a living room or in a boardroom, it might look really awkward if I'm, if I'm sitting here looking down and, and referencing stuff and looking back, it's like, does this guy not know his stuff? I can look like a pro Almost on day one, if I practice enough and I can have that there and reference, and you're not really, you know, caring if because I'm looking in the same direction as my notes as the thing. So there's just so many advantages that I feel that come along with remote work and specifically like teleconferencing, right? Or video conferencing platforms like Zoom or FaceTime or Skype or whatever people use, the ability to present. And I also think I, I've gone about this formality of it. I think we've, we've lowered the standards so much in a good way, meaning we, we're not bothered anymore But like, it used to be like, oh my gosh, that person, do you see that person in the meeting? And like, they did something embarrassing, somebody burps backs in it or farts or does something crazy. And we're all like, that was terrible. Nowadays, we're like, the dogs are barking in the background and kids might be running wild and like people looked all unshoveled or they, you know what I mean? And now we're like, eh, it's okay. They're working from home. I think we've given people like this grace of like humanity back, right? It used to be so prim and proper and like try to be perfect and make it all look so pro and professional. And now we're like, let's just all like give each other some time and like, it's okay. And it doesn't have to be perfect. And maybe, you know, like, I love it. I think everything about remote work and especially the act of like communicating in this digital platform, I think couldn't be better. I think it's really
0: incredible. So I, I totally agree with you on the giving each other grace thing and, and taking like perfection off the table because it's unattainable. And, and to have to walk in and be thinking about how you look, is your tie straight? Are you sitting properly? Are you making the right hand motions? Is your attention focused on the right place? Um, and the fact now that people can just be like, sorry, I got to grab the door. That's the guy repairing the, you know, the washing machine. It's like, it's, a, it's, the, it's the shared human experience, right? I mean, that to me is the grace of it all. It's like all of us going, who are we kidding? I mean, it's like, you know, my kids are not a joy to be around sometimes. Sometimes they're a pain in the ass. And right now they're being a pain in the ass. And people laugh. It's like, yeah, mine too. Uh, so I get that part of it, 100%. I think that the balance that you're talking about could exist for people right now um, if they have the right setup, if they've got that private office, if they've got a spouse or a partner who can also take care of the kids you know, during work time. Uh, I think it's really challenging right now if you're a single working parent at home trying to school your kids at the same time that you're trying to do work. So while I'm completely in agreement on what the, on what the outcome can be as we come out of this, I think for a lot of people we're going to need to come out of this for them to be able to enjoy some of those benefits that you're talking about when the kids are back at school, when the house is quiet again, when they have an opportunity to to like really focus and work and to have some of that balance back that you were describing, that's when I see this coming for a broad swath of the working public and I think that's the point in time where we can really we can revisit this and and talk about how is it now that that most people have their kids back in school and that we have an opportunity um, to have a more normal quote work life um, in the context of this remote work environment and just
1: appreciation right and i seem to always try to be like come from the positive perspective but it's we can now appreciate our our jobs We can appreciate the office if we still have one to hopefully go back to. We can appreciate our coworkers where we tend to take things for granted. We almost look down upon it. We're complaining about it. Ah, like I have to go back there. All these people stink. And like, you know, we're complaining, but now because it was taken away from us and it was all of a sudden, it wasn't like we had all this time, like, Hey, in a month, we're going to start working from home. It was like, you're starting tomorrow or whatever, working from like, what, how long is this going to last? Two weeks. No two months. No, 10 months. You know what I mean? Like, holy cow. Like, and so now I think we're going to appreciate, we're going to appreciate when we have that office to go back to, we're going to appreciate when we get to see these people's faces again and be around them in person. So I think it's like one, I think people should all look for what's great about this. The question that I ask people in coaching is what are you grateful for because of COVID? And I'm telling you the number one answer is people say more time with my family, right? So see that remote work gives you more time with your family. And hopefully you have a family to spend time with and it allows you to appreciate what you once had. And hopefully you're going to be able to have again in the future, which is a nice office, hopefully some great coworkers and an actual job, a way for you to make income.
0: Yeah. The, the appreciation piece, it's, it's good that we always circle back to that to conclude because, you know, ultimately, Um, the the thing that counts the most is our health, number one, Um, our ability to have income so that we can provide for ourselves, for our families, if we have one, Um, and our connection as human beings. And I think that if we can take the humanity, this common shared experience, like we were just talking about of, yeah, my life's not perfect. You know, I'm doing the best I can. I'm really trying to just make it through every day. And we take that shared experience and that grace that hopefully we're learning to have for ourselves and for each other and take that back into our in-person life, one with another, then we have an opportunity to recreate work in a way that we perhaps had never thought of it before. And we don't have to say we're doing it this way because we always have we can now say, we're doing it this way because this is the way that we're intending it to be. And it becomes a conscious creation moving forward and not something based in habit. Thank you for
1: listening. To learn more, check out mosesinthecia.com. To learn more about Ken Mosesian, check out mosesian.com. To learn more about Dan Crum, check out dancrum.com.